0: Um, kind of got buried in all the opinions after Henry Kissinger, st- Henry Kissinger died. But in the New York times, Bill Gates had a guest essay that said that the, t- the title was how I invest my money in a warming world. <laughs> and it's about the cop 28, which I believe we talked about on the Patreon on Sunday. Um, but it has this paragraph. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll just read this paragraph. Very wealthy individuals should also be making changes to their lifestyles to bring their emissions close to zero. If you fly in a private jet, as I do, you can afford the extra cost of sustainable aviation fuel made from low-carbon crops and waste. You'll not only lower your own emissions, you'll also help drive demand for clean fuel, which will increase the supply and eventually make it cheap enough to make use more widely in commercial aircraft. That will be a game changer for reducing emissions. Is it like when you have like a hippie friend who like converts their truck into to be able to run on like Crisco? Is that what he's talking <laughs> yeah,
1: about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Well, this, it's is big
2: the this is the plutocratic version of this is like uh, how you be crusty worth uh, seven billion dollars.
0: Yeah, like have a friend that like um. Does goes dumpster diving on the grease traps behind like Mexican restaurants, and that's how they fuel their truck with like vegetable oil.
2: <laughs> vegetable yeah, oil. and it's like you want to say to him, Brian, you just sold your house in Asheville, North Carolina for two million dollars that you bought for twenty thousand. <laughs> like, you don't have to live this way anymore. <laughs> But but I appreciate uh,
3: Bill Gates is uh, uh, thinking of the uh, the common man um, for all of those with a private jet. You know,
0: I know, <laughs> right? I love I love his admonition to fellow uh, people with means. Hello, like he, fellow people with means. Is that what name? they
2: like to be called now?
0: Well, he he calls them something in this article. It's, it's um what, is billionaire a slur. Just don't call them broke. <laughs> <laughs> uh a high net worth people that's what he that's what he calls them high net Wait, worth people a, a tithe a tithe network N- no high net worth sorry i'm congested oh a high network high net high worth network. okay how high net
3: worth okay yeah too yeah. many syllables man
0: net worth oh my that that means like you have a lot of assets i guess
3: yeah, yeah. you have a lot of capital you have a lot of a uh, a lot of uh you have a lot of slaves is pretty much what it means yeah (laughs) yeah. (laughs)
0: let's
2: call it what it is you may own some human beings off the books still
3: you may not even know about it
2: (laughs) yeah you may be so rich you don't even know that you (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, man
3: um so so what other what other uh does uh does Bill have any more tips uh besides uh uh, sustainable aviation.
0: <laughs> it's just, it's just stuff like it basically spends three paragraphs saying like we're not doomed. High net worth people can get us out of this,
2: and they can. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's uh, it it should be on them. <laughs> it should be on them.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it's the thing. It's like I saw <laughs> an article that said, um, let me see if I can find it real fast. It was an article about the COP twenty eight climate summit.
3: The convention of losers and defeatists.
0: Yes, and it was um, and I and I tell and I talked about it on the Patreon about how like it had come under fire for basically being like a convention for helping the United Arab Emirates like get more more oil and gas contracts. It, it was a who's who for oil tyrants, is what it was. Yes, and so. There was this article that came out yesterday by Nina Lacani in The Guardian. It says, record number of fossil fuel lobbyists get access to COP28 climate talks. <laughs> One in every 30 people at this heavily policed shindig is lobbying for oil and gas. Oh, boy. I like, it's just, dude, I mean, it is just crazy how in a... Uh, Again, there's probably all kinds of things that account for this, but it is so wild how, like, every single thing, every symbol, signifier, word, has come to mean the exact opposite. So, like, c- I, climate talks, yes, yeah. now mean, how can I score more oil and gas contracts?
3: <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like taking um, uh, regulatory capture. To like its ultimate kind of conclusion, or just mm-hmm. the idea that you know it's it's capital and the ruling class that dictate like you know political economy and decisions that are made about that affect everyone, but it's just like it's just so ridiculous where it's like uh, I mean I'm thinking of like if you if you had a fire you know and your house is on fire you would call an arsonist instead of a fireman you know somebody <laughs> who's just gonna throw more gasoline on, you know
0: what I mean <laughs> and sit there and watch it burn. It does seem like nah. this is the case for everything, though. Like, um, whenever you hear someone say like "humanitarian pause" or "humanitarian concerns," usually they mean the exact opposite. They're talking Give them ab- more time to kill more people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Like every. Yeah. It's
2: like, how, how can I just continue to run roughshod, but pal- more palatably? Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You could.
2: You could pretty much set your watch by it. That
0: every time you hear something, just invert it. And that'll be the thing it's actually saying. All right, I have a, I have a thought experiment for you guys. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, um, we're, we're, we're coming up with new frontiers in, like, how to think about the world. We're coming up with new frontiers in, like, how to situate ourselves in the stream of history here. So, uh, we've got a thought experiment from Yair wallach Had 900 white South African civilians been killed in a single attack in the mid-1980s, the global far left would have shrugged and said what did you expect apartheid would have never been dismantled through peaceful means if at all what, i don't really know what the thought experiment here is there's not a question what? uh yeah like what is he trying
3: to say that like that like the perpetrators of that would be in the wrong you know what i mean like I don't, I don't understand like what he's – what is his point?
0: Well, I think what, I, what I'm starting he to – you want me
3: to imagine white genocide? Is that the thought he's <laughs> <experiment>? Because <laughs> I do that every day. <laughs> you know, I already <laughs> like
2: –
0: I'm on that tip all the time. I don't
2: understand
0: <laughs> 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 It's something that we teased out on the episode on Sunday, the Patreon episode. But like something that's becoming more and more clear to me <laughs> in the last two months is that the deep abiding anxiety beneath a lot of this stuff, particularly on the left liberal wing of the commentator, the commentary, the punditry, whatever, is a is a growing distaste for an uncomfortableness with the left, because yep. that's the thing that's, that's what undergirds this entire thought experiment. It's th- it's not it's not even like any remorse or sorrow over the hypothetical 900 white South African civilians (laughs) it's the fact that the left would look at it and shrug and say well what did you expect and that's kind of what I've realized about October 7th in the minds of the vast majority of people the people that were either killed, kidnapped, or injured or whatever on October seventh are completely incidental. They're just completely irrelevant really to the larger equation. They're collateral to them. They're collateral. Like no. to to Netanyahu and everybody else, they're just an excuse to do ethnic cleansing and genocide. To the left liberal commentariat, they're an excuse to, you know, badger, you know, to, 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 to batten down the left and make sure that they're Unwashed, like uncredentialed opinions aren't allowed to just give, you know, have free reign. And
3: it's home. It's home policing essentially is what yeah, they're doing. It,
0: it's what it is. I don't. i Just yeah. Just just to put a fine point on it, like a lot of these people on the left, liberals, into the spectrum, anyways. Like Levitts and and at all, but even like more people, even more people on like the Jacobin left and stuff which I don't even know what that means anymore. I'm sorry for even using that term. but like They, they, they find it absolutely distasteful. They cannot countenance the idea that human beings such as ourselves would come to a moral position on something without having all the facts and in in, in, in correct intellectually gathered credentialed opinions on something in the hallowed halls of universities or through books and everything else even though a lot of us read they they don't see that as like a legitimate way to come to an opinion on this and that's why our opinions have to be policed on this at every step of the way we can't just look at it and say like no this is clearly wrong whatever yeah yeah the pe- because we're, oh, we're go, yeah. Ahead, Terrence. go ahead Terrence. i was just gonna say like what what i'm saying here is the people on october 7th are irrelevant to the like no mm-hmm. one actually cares about any of those people
3: yeah, yeah. it's more about like i guess for them it's about crafting a narrative and making sure that that narrative is maintained you know and
0: And making sure that the left can't actually have a fully thought out like theoretical formula and praxis on it
4: yeah
3: or or even to say you know that we are like you know we're these unwashed rubes you know not and as you said like well read sure but like even if you're not it's just like this gut feeling morally that this is like repugnant you know yeah and the idea that these unwashed masses would have the moral fortitude to stand up against ethnic cleansing you know
2: yeah well yeah. another part of it too is that the left believes in retribution for uh, for evildoers you know what i mean in their minds or
0: like you mean like
2: now like we believe that like if you carry out a genocide you should reasonably be punished for that yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. the liberals think that you should just go to tennis jail and that you should <laughs> occasionally make appearances on CNN, from t- you should have like a, uh, an evening talk radio circuit deal that you do. Uh-huh. Yeah, you should be able to That's watch a like contrast.
3: You should be able to like sit and watch like Judge Judy or Judge Mathis,
2: you know, with like an ankle monitor
3: at the very le- at the very most, you know.
2: Right, yeah. Like, Whereas we believe you should be tied to a horse and we slap it on its ass. You know what I mean? Drawn and quartered. Yeah. <laughs> Drawn and quartered, possibly, depending upon the scale of the crimes, etc. Yeah. They can put you in like a tin shell and send you to Mars or some shit like that. You know? like, they they think that because we think something bad should happen to somebody that slaughtered 20,000 people that we're actually the violent asshole.
0: Well, and, you, and, you, and that our opinion can't be valid because we did not gain it in the correct avenues of credentialization and legitimation that just because yeah if
2: we believe that if we went to the harvard kennedy school and believe that we would just be liberals (laughs) right
0: and then and then they would allow us to say it on their podcast and then they wouldn't like be smug and condescending about it online like the left the left's moral compass is broken or or even people that are ostensibly on our sort of end of the spectrum but still get on there and say stuff like Oh, the, you know, the the left's uh, approach to this is is very blinkered and parochial. Like they're applying American standards of X Y Z to this conflict. They 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 think, especially when it comes to race, right? That's
3: what that's especially one thing. Then they say to race. Sorry right. to cut you off, but like we're applying a, ra- a re-
0: American racial uh, context to this. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's just interesting. I think that like, um, you know, it's, did y'all see that clip going around on that that. Ep- uh, um website YNET about it was one of the family members of the people kidnapped on October seventh. Mm. And she was no. she was I guess there was some sort of like town hall or something. A town hall for, okay. I mean so they they could so I wouldn't be morbid, but I guess so that they, they could speak publicly
3: about their experience. It just made it sound like this is jerry springer for like a hostage situation <laughs> like
0: what is, is, like, what is, like what is
2: this what are we talking about here <laughs> yeah,
0: so, it was um i sensibly it was there were like lacud party members at this event and these family members of the hostages stood up and spoke out mm. about the the genocide basically mm. And it was a very fascinating audio clip because you got you kind of get to see in real time this woman like realize that like like a re- in real time realization she realizes like as she's talking about how disgusting it is that the Israeli government has prioritized glassing the entire Gaza Strip over getting the hostages back. You see her realize in real time that like the hostages don't mean fucking shit to the Israeli
2: government. Just a rhetorical sort uh, of—I don't know if cudgel's the right word. I always say cudgel, but you know I don't really know what it means.
0: (laughs) I have an image in my mind.
3: It looks kind of like a
0: baton in my mind. Yeah, baton. I'm thinking of a nightstick, a police. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Billy club,
3: Flintstone era like club, you know, a (laughs) club. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, but no, nah, man, they're cannon fodder is what
0: it is. Yeah. The hostage is a cannon fodder. I think that, like, um, I, it's just an interesting thing, like, you know, something that I guess I kind of undercounted this in the last two months, but just how much that specter of the left is what is – is a massively under underwriting anxiety in a lot of people's minds. And, and I've like just, you know, piecing together various things that I've seen and heard people say, um, like there's a lot of things that they're saying when they say the left, but I do find it fascinating how this singular event created this, this, Sort of discursive space that the left, quote unquote, was able to enter, and that people became immediately incredibly defensive about that space and yeah like
3: this is our purview to like bomb children well i mean why why should you have opinion on this well how dare you
0: yes and and not just that not just those people but also the people in the sort of liberal left who say no this is our job to call out the hypocrisies of the united states government and it's our job to put the moral burden of october 7th and the civilians of gaza on our back like the fact that the left the unwashed like i said uncredentialed masses would go out there and dare to have a position on this is what really underrides a lot of the anxiety and like i said you can see it in that thought experiment it's not it's not like they care about any potential quote-unquote collateral damage civilians killed by the people they're oppressing like they don't give a fuck anything that gives them greater you know leeway, anything that gives them greater carte blanche to go ahead and just, you know, like I said, glass entire neighborhoods, they don't care. What really what they really care about is the left being able to see it and then accordingly have a correct moral position on it. Not even moral, yeah. but materialist position on it.
3: Well it's like we were talking about in the Patreon, right? Like they're haunted, right? Like not just the sort of um uh you know Uh, right-wingers or liberals but left liberals too i think right they're haunted by the specter of communism and i don't even mean communism the soviet union but just like an alternative way of being you know
2: yeah yeah well I mean well it's it's not hard to imagine the people that pride themselves on like they're sort of scaling the high heights of Tony's society being against an egalitarian project of any consequence you right know what I mean yeah, because right. then that levels the playing field, and the one thing that they've staked their pride in themselves on has sort of just been nullified, you know yeah, yeah. yeah. I but mean not really, I mean, like you know like, <laughs> like it's fine to be proud of your accomplishments or whatever, but it's like not fine to think that you're like you know the special boy with the only thing to say about it because you've you know put the time in or whatever right we'll we'll say they these people invest in meritocracy so much so that like you're
3: absolutely right tom like any challenge right to their um um to their uh intellect you know or even any challenge to their so-called i guess moral compass you know like that's why that's what they're trying to do with the left right they're trying to recalibrate it's like when your Google Maps or Apple Maps tells you to recalibrate your phone, you have to do that figure eight shit to make it work. That's what they try to do with the left, right? <laughs> well, they try to recalibrate our moral compass as if, like, you know, we don't have one, you know.
2: It's also a matter of aesthetics, too. You know what I mean? I mean, there's plenty of people uh, smarter than I ever thought about being with conscience and heart and, and love for people on the left that are like went to great schools, too, and are well credentialed. I think it's a matter of how you you know it's like the scene in Goodwill Hunting you know (laughs) where he's trying to embarrass him at the bar it's like are you that guy you know what I mean or are you you know Matt Damon swooping in there hopefully
0: neither because I feel like both of them are equally (laughs) insuperable you you didn't like the Matt Damon character I just I've just been thinking about like I've been reading this book I mentioned it on the Patreon but it's called The Dreadful History and Judgment of God on Thomas Munzer by Andrew Drummond Man, and, this must be hot fire, dude. It's pretty crazy. The, like one of the fascinating things about it is that Thomas Munzer, again, you can go back and check out the Patreon if you want a little more details on him. But yeah, long story short, early German revolutionary in the, like the 16th century in the German Reformation, and he differed very much with Luther. But like one of their main points of uh of uh, contestation, one of their main points of disagreement was over the idea of dreams and visions and Mm. like Munzer was very much an advocate of dreams and visions as a method of deriving truths about the world and as a way of developing a revolutionary like praxis and the reason why was because this was again the thing you always hear about the reformation is the printing press right like The the printing press is what spurred this spread of ideas. Like, Munzer had his own printing press, and he was printing his own, like, you know, missives, his diatribes, his shit, you know, like, getting it out there. But, like, for him, he advocated a moving away from the Bible and the scriptures because so many poor people didn't have access to that stuff. Mm. And so... If you didn't yeah, have, yeah, I
2: guess there was a, yeah, I guess the church was sort of an aristocratic sort of institution at a, a at lot of certain period.
0: Mass was held in Latin. Nobody spoke Latin.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. a dead language. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. That is a good point, huh? Imagine that, the church that would sell uh, indulgences yeah, do their, their <laughs> services in Latin might have had some, yeah.
0: And I think that there's something to that. It's like, yes, we live in an era now where, yes, there's information anywhere. You can seek, you know, Google it, Wikipedia it, YouTube, get on Twitter, find videos. However, at the same time, there are still lots of volumes of books and information and theory and stuff that's off limits to me. Um, yeah just by way, and other people by way of finances. Although, of course, obviously by this point, I've started to game the system and get free books from the publishers because of my disease podcast.
2: Um,
3: but like... Send I us more books, send us more books. You're right.
2: We'll say this, whoever wrote this book has definitely got, a, got an open seat on the shelf.
0: <laughs> um but like I guess the point I'm trying to make and the point that Munzer was trying to make was that like if you are cut off from this credentialization process and, and from these from the literature and everything else, like you basically have two options. You can, you know, operate on what you see right in front of you, but sometimes what you see right in front of you is occluded to you and you don't even know. So that mm-hmm. leaves visions and dreams, revelations.
3: I, I, dreams and visions is the only kind of like um universal truth. It's almost like um opening up a door to this world that we know is true you know yeah but like, but it's mystified and obscured by like you know uh, social processes of this fake reality or this unreality that we live in you know what i mean
0: yeah and just because it happens in your mind like when you're sleeping or or staring off into the distance or in a reverie or something doesn't make it any less real under
2: the influence of drugs whatever <laughs>
0: <laughs> um or fasting, yeah, you know.
2: <laughs> I, I'm I'm with Munzer on this one. I've lost many friends over my um, sort of controversial text about dream interpretations. That's <laughs> a source of contention with me and my friend group all the time. So, <laughs> Li- live your truth, big Munts.
0: <laughs> I don't entirely mean it literally, like in the sense that, like you, the the way that you develop like a correct. Theory and praxis on Gaza and Palestine and, and the United States politics is what you see in your head when you go to sleep at night. But like I mean in the more larger universal sense, like the visions you get, taking it back to 2020, the George Floyd uprising, like the the, the symbol and image of fire and like how that's been with us since the very beginning, and how like so much of our truths come from staring into fire you know what i'm saying like seeing the visions that come out of of staring Moses into fire. staring
2: into the burning bush yeah mm.
0: yeah and yeah. like how that that is a way to arrive at truths about our universe that is just as valid as what you read in a book yeah. even though i obviously recommend people to learn more about history and theory and everything at the same time that's just unrealistic to think that we all have access to all these materials at all times and so like what are you going to get online after something and after something like this happens, and they just scold people into like, oh, uh, you know, they the left's moral compass is broken because they dare have opinions on this that like they didn't glean
2: from. In my a thesis. way, this is the schism between me and Will Stansel. <laughs> so I've seen, I've seen the fire, and this man never has. <laughs>
3: also, too, Terrence, when you were talking about um sort of um, um dreams as a window into like truth, I was thinking of a this short story by Octavia Butler called "The Book of Martha." where this um, God gives this black woman the power to remake the world, you know? And what she decides to do is she decides to um, give people such vivid um, uh, dreams that um, that will sort of um, – um, that are better than the reality in which they live, you know? Yeah. But – it, there's a caveat because if people can live out their greatest fantasies and their dreams, then they won't have the desire to create art anymore, you know? Right. And there's just, there's just like a kind of a dialectic there about dreams and art and like manifest manifesting, like the better world that we know to be true. And like, you know, the caveats of that, but um, yeah, it just, uh, it just reminded me of that. I
0: just, I think this is important because I'm trying to just, as we, you know, get further into the election season, and
2: as this And further away from the Lot of God and further away <laughs> from the light.
0: I like am in interested in like exploring more and more ways that we differentiate ourselves and like finally issue that cut with the Democratic Party and with the like the liberals in every single way you know what i mean nail
3: that decree on like the wall on the door of the you know
0: (laughs) yes exactly and i mean it's just it's just this thing that like we have for so long been expecting this moment of fascism to arise right like ever since i guess 2016 but i guess you could even probably go back further than that to like post 9-11
2: that's true. We've been on fast watch since about 20, really, truly about 2015. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the underlying premise of the most important election of our lifetimes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last three elections, which have been, you know, consequently the most important elections of our lifetime. And guess what? I bet they're going to say this one's going to be. <laughs> I will say this. I don't want to be flipping about that because there is there is a debate to be had. You know, I don't want to be, you know. Uh, saw uh Steve Bannon and some dude talking about Trump's plans for his vigilante justice he wants to carry out and it I it, won't be honest with you guys it does not sound like anything uh, you'd want to be a party to or on the business end of No, we're no, fucked, you know.
3: especially not the three of us.
2: No, 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 no. <laughs> but 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 here's the here's the crummy choices we get on the other side of it we support the party that uh, unanimously, almost unanimously passed a bill saying we were anti-Semites for being critical of Israel. Yeah, so true. it's like, and, and that we could suffer consequences as a result of that. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is, uh, you know, if ever there was a, between a rock and a hard place, this is it.
0: Did, did you see the um, Biden, there, there's this article in the New York Times, Biden says, I'm not sure I'd be running if not for Trump. Um <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) President President Biden
0: suggested on Tuesday that he might have been content to serve only a single term if his predecessor, Donald Trump, were not attempting to recapture the White House. That should tell uh,
3: you a lot about, (laughs) like, not just Biden, but the Democratic Party, that they have no existence without opposition. You know what I mean? That they have no, no, like, they have no project besides we're not Republicans.
2: Listen, we're a society that has no problem with putting somebody under the jail if they didn't pay some parking tickets. Like... (laughs) Y'all mean to tell me you cannot bury this motherfucker? Um, <laughs> like he's, you need him, you know? Let's be honest about it. You need him. <laughs> it, it's like, it's like Batman and the Joker. You know what I'm saying? Like they complete each other. You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that like, it's, Im- I, okay. I'm glad you guys brought this up because this is a theory I've kind of just been bouncing around in my head. But like, I think, and and people have articulated this and if you kind of, follow it down too far you kind of start getting into like green party third party territory which is a dead end also Mm. people's party (laughs) right is also a dead end but like i think that it's very very difficult for americans to conceptualize this mostly because i don't really know if it's ever really happened in human history but, like, we could potentially be, and I think historians might see it this way living at a sort of high point of democracy where you need. Okay. When we generally think of like authoritarianism or like strong, um, strong, muscular. Leadership, strong, strong, <laughs> muscular, strong generals. Ass leadership, uh, strong-ass, muscular, gluteus maximus, <laughs> Our dictatorship. beautiful
2: boys in their beautiful uniforms.
0: Yeah, <coughs> their
3: beautiful pecs.
0: We generally, legs. we generally associate that with like one person or one party, but like it's very difficult for us to associate that with two parties that ostensibly have differing antithetical aims. But it, yeah. I mean. I think in the future historians will probably see this as a point of like high capitalist democracy where like that fascism we were expecting to arrive actually already arrived about 10 years ago and it is that two party dynamic it's sort of of already woven
2: itself in under our nose and by the time we can like sort of call out some of the more explicit sort of uh, demonstrations of it we're like oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. by the time
3: like people actually step back and analyze it they'll be doing it from like you know a bed in guantanamo bay you know
0: right yeah Yeah. what's i mean dude i was like i was kind of going down some really dark avenues the other night like thinking about october 7th and about just the the mystification of history and how it's this thing that is always sort of going to elude us in this way like in the sense that like a thing happens you think you know what the thing is whether it's october 7th 9 11 the assassination of jfk you know november 22nd the moon landing the, well I, the <laughs> moon landing. <laughs> Should be yeah. I mean i mean i would say that these events what like peter del scott would call like deep structural events that that mm. change the status quo you see them And you think you know what happens, but the further out you get from it, the more and more occluded it gets to you, the more mystified it gets to you, right? Mm. And so, like, you then wind up, you find yourself trying to make sense of it by applying your current circumstances and current consequences retroactively to the event itself. So that, like, an event can never just be the thing. You're always going to be applying future consequences and present conditions into the past to kind of formulate the narrative of that event itself so it's, it's like textual
3: is what it is yes is, you know? and refer- and referential you know
0: right hmm. and that's and like that's i don't know that's kind of as a historian as someone like deeply fascinated with history it's like that's so kind of terrifying in a way because like Yes, you see the Zapruder film. You see JFK get his dome just fucking blown off. And you're like, see well, this Jackie's seems... fat ass running, yeah. running, <laughs> running scoop see, up his brains <laughs> into her this, body. Yeah. This seems straightforward. But then you're like, oh my God, this is so pregnant with meaning. There are these deep waves going on underneath the surface here. That like, we can really only tell what they were based on what happened as a result of them
2: right well, so you zoom out and you start seeing for example two gunmen and <laughs> right. then <laughs> right
3: yo that's actually really terrifying because like i mean the way that we make decisions and when i say we i'm talking about human beings right is like through our perception of time right based on past events right based on current events based on what we predict may happen in the future you know and like You know they say that like um what's that phrase is that um um those who don't learn history will be doomed to repeat it you know but like and i'm not saying that there aren't some universal truths about history right that are undergirded especially by like the particularly like particular ideology that i subscribe to or believe in or you know partial to but like you know it's especially in a world where like there's so many competing sources of information you know and we do live in the e-crisis like I mean, forming an opinion on anything, right, and any sort of, um, like, projecting into the future is almost like, it's almost like paralyzing to do so, right? Yeah. To put all of these events, or even to, again, you're saying to analyze and talk about something after the fact has happened. I mean, following something in real time is one thing, but, like, re-litigating something that happened, which was just a couple, I mean, it was a month ago, but it feels, like, longer than that even, you know? Right. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it also feels like this sort of, um. Um. This sort of telescope space and way. time yes. itself
2: starts starts yes. like feeling weird and strange. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm yes. the same way. I'm like, this was this ins- this was two months ago. Like now, I've been feeling weird about that. Like it's it is like it's almost like depending upon the meaning of these structural events that Terrence was talking about can make it actually literally feel time feel different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in in a yeah. no way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's almost like it's almost like
3: time speeds up, you know, or events like this illusion of time speeding up with events that are piled on top of each other, trying to relitigate or litigate these events while they're happening, you know, or while
0: well, they just happened. Because it is a matter; it is really a matter of great importance what happened on October seventh. It's not something that, in the same sense. That it's a matter of great importance what happened on nine eleven and and November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. Like those
2: like is you it you guys extreme? already forgot about january 7th i see oh yeah we,
0: <laughs> sixth
2: actually motherfucker you're the one who forgot or january 6th yeah <laughs> <laughs> My bad.
0: um I, actually Kidding that's a God. good maybe, I, I, right. maybe i've forgotten <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. day right that's a good point though because january 6th is a kind of d- another example of that in a different way uh but
2: They yeah, tried least, to make that a thing They tried to enter that into the date canon Along with like you know <laughs> When was uh, uh, Why well, am um, well, I my brain farting On one of the most significant <laughs> events and It started World War 2 9-11,
0: <laughs> that,
2: yeah, 9/11. <laughs> no, that started World War 3 20 something years later Are like.
0: you talking about World War 1 The assassination of Franz Ferdinand Fr- Franz Ferdinand well,
2: yeah, Maybe I don't know anyway Moving, moving on.
0: By the way, the assassination of Franz Ferdinand is another one of those things. It's like it looks, it looks um, pretty straightforward on the surface, but a lot of the people that gave Gavrilo Princip and the Black Hand their guns and shit were, I'm pretty sure they were like deeply tied to the Austro-Hungarian government. So it's like there is a way to read it that like they basically. They were known to uh federal officials. Like like they kind of egged them on to assassinate the So heir like, to like the you know how
2: we always talk about like the FBI implanting themselves with like the January sixth people. January sixth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the eighth time, yes. <laughs> like those people have sort of always been like the, the sort of the undercover like instigators.
0: I would, yeah. I it's it's you have you uh, hesitate to apply universe. I mean, it sounds to
2: incredibly it. naive of me to even, uh, but I'm saying like it would be interesting to sort of go back in history and see sort of the the hit the real hidden hands that well, I think egged th- things on. That's <laughs> the that's the thing we were getting
0: at. Like, what was it last week or maybe two weeks ago? It's like whether it's intentional or not, it it's hard to say, right? In the sense of like a Franz Ferdinand or even nine eleven, like were they intentionally trying to do these things? Maybe same thing with October seventh. Or maybe Muhammad Atta
2: just really wanted to fly. Or maybe (laughs) He had a dream. He dared dared to dream and the bastards killed him. (laughs) But
0: like it could be true that the structural logic of those systems compel the actors within the systems themselves to bring down their own systems. Or to or to force the hand of history to sort of bring on the next stage of it so that, like, they're not even aware they're doing it. Like I said, maybe the FBI even literally bought all the passports and flight instructions for the terrorists, not even realizing... They're like, oh, we're going to do 9-11. They were like, oh, oh, we're going to do 9-11. But they, they, They're they always didn't. like in a fugue it, state almost. Right. <laughs> they were like, doing these In things. their heads, they were probably like, oh, we're going to do 9-11. And then on 9-12, they were like, oh, my God. it's, got, the-
2: it's got a little <laughs> down the road from us. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The center of gravity is the civilian population. And if you drive them into the arms of the enemy, you replace a tactical victory with a strategic defeat. So I have repeatedly made clear to Israel's leaders that protecting Palestinian civilians in Gaza is a strategic imperative. There
1: is a place in Gaza called the Muasi, The Muassi is the place where they all can have shelters, Uh, together with international organizations we created shelters for the Palestinian people, so you cannot say Israel is not facilitating that.
4: This is where she's talking about, a desolate wasteland of sand dunes next to the Mediterranean sea. There is no help here. I think it will be seen that the IDF really has done everything that is humanly possible to try to safeguard innocent civilians. It's very hard to believe that, especially on a day when one of our producers lost nine members of his family, nine members of his family who were not members of Hamas, not members of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, not members of any group, just nine people just trying to live their lives. That happened in northern Gaza, where a month ago we already asked all the civilians to leave. And most of them did. If there was like 1,200,000 people there, there was only a couple of tens of thousands left. And one has to ask, yes? They had ample opportunity to leave. I'm, I'm, I don't know what happened. I don't have the specific circumstances. I know there's deadly combat going on now in the north. And we don't want to see anyone caught up in the crossfire. But why didn't they heed the advice and leave the blame, area? You they had, can't blame them. There's now I don't fighting, blame them. But you can't. There's fighting in the south now. You know, where? Where are, I mean, I've been asking this since October 7th. Where are these people supposed to go?
0: uh, this is a total tangent anyways i'm sorry to like take us down there i'm just trying to point out that like the history of you know the actual events of what happened on october 7th it's like they have been simultaneously sublimated repressed and at the same time it's all we can ever talk about it's like it's invoked every single time joe biden in this article talking about how he was going to run for president like he had to he had no other choice basically invoked october 7th it's uh, it's on the tongues of everybody but the actual event itself can't be discussed in any way yeah i mean we don't even have
3: apparently um we don't there's not even footage right or there's an edited footage you know or cut out footage right footage, footage that's cut out from that day right yeah you know so it's like i mean I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I think like part of what it is is sort of throw as we've talked about on the Patreon, is throwing out so much information at you, you know, that you're kind of drowned in it, you know? Yeah. But also too, it's about in real time shaping and crafting the narrative, you know. So like we have to continually talk about October seventh as if like nineteen forty eight, right? Is not a thing, you know. Right. As if like two thousand, like eight, you know, isn't the thing, right? Two thousand eleven right. is as of the past seventy years, like it's been alienated and lifted out of history. Yes, you know, so that so that they so can that history this... is negated. <laughs> yes, the history is negated, so that they can it replaced with their
0: like uh, a temporal narrative, de- dematerialized narrative. Yeah, right. That is a great point, point um and it's it just seems to me that that's the case. I mean that that kind of feels like the playbook and we're probably repeating ourselves on past episodes. But like just to take it back to this article. Uh, although Joe Biden described himself as quote a bridge to the next generation during his 2020
2: oh, campaign. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was that's literally plucked from Bill Clinton. <laughs> to the to a, br- a bridge <laughs> to the new millennium was his like his last campaigns. Well, slogan. It
3: does- if if, if if Joe Biden is a bridge, and if uh, cr- America's crumbling infrastructure is any indication, then I would tell you not to get on that bridge, brother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Joe, you should jump off the, the bridge, supo- actually. <laughs> That's a damn <laughs> Lancaster
2: County-covered bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I think that... Um, oh, my God. The, the, the
0: implication at the time was... and This is why I called them July Monarchists on Twitter. Is like they understood themselves <laughs> to be a placeholder. A very like tenuous placeholder until the next thing could arrive that's how they build themselves like oh we'll step aside we just have to beat trump this one time and then we'll step That
2: that is such a good point i mean i know it's a point that's like but it's like we were sold god damn we're so housebroken that what we accept is listen we're just gonna stave off the bad, and then we'll figure something out for next time. But the thing they figured out for next time is nah, we got to stay the course, I guess. Yeah. yeah there, yeah, There yeah. is no one else. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there would be, like, I mean,
3: not that, you know, the squad, not to say that the, um, that the squad is... I mean, I think they represent, like, uh, at least these social democratic ideas that are especially appealing to, like, young people in the working class writ large, but you would think that that would be the next generation of progressive politics right or 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 more progressive Democratic Party but they're in timeout they're in the timeout corner all the time you know (laughs) you know what I mean so the Democratic Party has no one else in the ranks whereas the right they have psychos like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and George Santos popping up all the time to take the throne (laughs) yeah
2: Maybe not Santos. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, actually, Santos is a bad example because, you know what? Like, shout out to Santos, though, because if you could run
3: for office and just lie your whole way through, that's the way you do it, brother, man. All the way to the very end, evading the cops, man. <laughs>
1: it's,
0: it's interesting that, like, as I read, read that article, which, by the way, I just want to finish the last article um, or the last paragraph. He said, Trump didn't even show up at my inauguration, Biden noted. I can't say I was disappointed, but he didn't even show up. Mr. Biden added that he received 81 million votes in 2020, almost like somebody's age. It's hell turning 40 twice, is what he said.
3: <laughs> yo, that is so... Yo, two things real quick. That is so... That is so... Uh, uh, wait, what's the first thing that he said? The first thing that he said again?
0: Biden didn't... Or Trump didn't even show up at my inauguration. Yeah, yeah.
3: Like, the that, these people are so... Um, obsessed with these small little formalities and like you know displays of decorum you know like I don't know I just think that sort of exemplifies the, the entire ideology you know he didn't show up to my like you know to my rehearsal you know like fuck you carried
2: weird the, the, the man that's accused my family of all manner of sexual degeneracy <laughs> finance <laughs> crimes and everything uh, didn't want to come to my coronation
0: I think that <laughs> reading this article it became obvious to me that like and this is the ultimate hollowness and hypocrisy of like the volts vote scolding like if you don't vote for biden it's a vote for trump biden their their entire campaign and administration has decided that they don't need the left this explains their ob obstinate stance on palestine why they're absolutely stubborn on this and will not budge in any way because they didn't need the left in 2020 they won with the moderates in the suburbs you know chuck schumer's mythical moderates in the suburbs in 2016 actually did vote for biden in 2020 that that statement from chuck schumer in 2016 which we all laughed at and derided like oh they're so out of touch it actually works for them in 2020. They peeled off all of those moderates in the suburbs who didn't want to vote for Trump a second time. That's who they're still going for. That's their voting block. They don't need the left. They don't fucking care well, about the well, left.
2: Well, I think they do. They didn't maybe four years ago. I think they do now.
0: They, you mean like they— they do actually
2: need... You think there are, those moderates they're, will they're go for underrated, Trump? They're underrating people that... Yeah, like left-wing people this time, I think. And
0: do you, you think know, they're underrating the moderates who would go for Trump,
2: who went for Biden? Probably overrating... The, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to prognosticate because who the fuck knows how these things... Yeah, I mean, it's easy to do like a post-mortem on these, but it's like hard to like sort of prognosticate. But what I think is, yeah, that they will get get sort of a rude awakening for not even giving the the slightest uh, conciliatory gesture to left-wing people. Because I think that's going to be a bigger block than they think, just in terms of younger people. Yeah. Just in terms of, you know. uh,
3: Right. Well, I mean, also, too, it's like not even just giving the finger to the left, but, you know, when I was in D.C., whenever I go to these protests, like— you know i'm very aware that like not everybody there is a leftist a socialist a communist you know and sure liberals are progressives but like like they the democratic party has given a finger to like people that are just anti-imperialists to muslims to arabs you know to young that's, people as well that's all something these that's going to cost them
2: sorely
0: i think exactly, exactly i think the thing is is that yes okay so like you're right both of you are right about all the above right Like, they do actually need the left if they're going to try to win this one, because Mm. people do have amnesia in this country, and those moderates that peeled off for Biden in 2020 probably will just go back to Trump in 2024. Especially if the economy is not doing,
3: you know, the economy's not great, and they're, you know what I mean? Like, all these things that they just blame Biden for, which, I mean, they
0: should, right? Right. However, Mm. I don't think that it should be our concern. Like, true, (laughs) like, I think, like, I... (laughs) We should set this one out, brother. Well... it's hard because like you start to sound like cliche and you start to sound like, you know, just repeating yourself over the past 30 years and you feel like a Ralph Nader voter or whatever. I don't mean it in that sense. I mean that the left, if it's serious, has to actually start viewing this current space we're in as the disconnective, like severance between itself and the democratic party Mm -hmm. in the sense that we have to start developing a mentality that sees, That the victory and success of the Democratic Party is a loss, a net loss for the working class itself, no matter how much the Democratic Party tries to spin it otherwise. And no matter how many, like, no matter how much they lean on your guilt and conscience to say, like, don't you care about the Supreme Court and all this other stuff. I think the thing is, is it just shows that, like, there is a difference there. And a lot of the left doesn't want to acknowledge that because we are, you know, moral people with consciences and we don't want people to suffer more. Yeah. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is that the Democratic Party has written us off. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, yeah, they that makes don't sense. care yeah, about... Not,
3: we're, not, we're not the ones throwing people under the bus. They are. They've already they, done that. Exactly. And you <laughs> see
0: this in the hubris of this statement. Like, by... I. An 81-year-old man is putting himself in the pass at Thermopylae. He's all 300 <laughs> Spartans going up against,
2: <laughs> you'll see that I'm kind. Xerxes Trump. Them, uh, god. <laughs>
0: it's a, I, I, I don't know, man. It's just,
2: worship like, me as your king and <laughs> as your god. Yeah.
0: And I think that, like, the stakes, dude, the stakes really are fucking high because, like, I saw this thing yesterday about, like, Mike Johnson, like, saying speaker of the house mike johnson say like he's blurring january 6 footage so rioters don't get charged like they're protecting the january 6 people like straight up like they do not recognize the sovereignty of the u.s government they probably literally are planning some sort of permanent takeover by they i mean the christian nationalists i mean did it did it, christian zionists
3: I mean, did it like um, um, you know, I don't want to give too much validity to this, but Biden's, uh, um, not Biden's, Trump's, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's basically Pax Americana. Does it basically talk about like, like, um, um, interpreting, interpreting, like, the executive branch in such a way that it'll, it'll give like outsized power to the president? You know, I mean, they want a mon, they want a monarchy, you. Well, know? Rehom- junta, yeah. I guess you would say, you know. But I, I, in a junta, do you have a singular strong man, or is it just like the army? I mean, you get a, you, I guess you do, buffeted by the army. But like, I yeah. think,
2: yeah, generally you would have like a singular strong in man. Ideal, in an ideal junta, you'd have a couple of strong boys. That's just what to, I was going to say. Yeah, that's,
0: you'd what have I, like that's what I was thinking. Five or six. You'd have like five yeah. or six of them.
2: You'd have a <laughs> committee of fellas, you know? That just kind of... <laughs> committee of strong fellas. So, I, listen, are we doing a violent coup? Sure we are, but we're, we're doing it democratically. <laughs> I, um you
0: know i i guess just to tie this back around to like what we were talking about at the beginning if the left is serious about this i don't really know the, the organizational vehicle for doing it but it has to lean into its propensity for dreams and visions because mm. nothing the, the future is never born out of the things you read in books the scripture the future doesn't come out of scripture The future comes out of your ability to dream and, you know, have visions about what that future would be. And you got to ask yourself, what does 81-year-old Joe Biden dream about?
1: (laughs) (laughs)
3: There are no visions there, man. It's (laughs) just cobwebs. It's just dusty cobwebs, you (laughs) know fucking dust floating like uh specks of uh specks of dust floating in a beam of sunlight you know yeah well and also it's kind
2: of like the instigators of history you know we we talked about it in the pejorative sense like the you know the people that you know escalated things by badgering a bunch of fucking unwell people into doing crimes or whatever you know but there's also those that you know sort of agitate behind the scenes in a good way you know i was just reading about one of the midrashes of, of interpretations of the parting of the Red Sea. And, you know, the biblical stories, of course, that, you know, Moses comes and he has his staff and he, you know, clangs it and it, you know, it parts. But, you know, there's one Midrash that talks about a, a young boy, I think his name is Nakim, who actually, the reason the Red Sea parted is he jumped in there not knowing if it was going to part or not. Oh. But God, impressed by his faith, Oh You know, and I think about like I hope they at least caught him. <laughs> I hope didn't like, you know, hit the, hit the bottom in the empty <laughs> swimming pool. It was a trust fall. It was like a trust fall. Yeah, right. But I was moved by that. You know, sometimes you got to kind of kind of jump when it seems like, you know, we don't know
3: what's going to be there. Mm, yeah. I, I like that. I like that interpretation a lot actually because it uh I don't know, when you talk about dreams and manifesting things, and I don't mean to be hokey about it, but you know, it does I don't know, it does make me think about like um like this phrase like the dream or the dream, you know. You know what I mean? Like, are you the one that, that dreams
0: God or is God dreaming you, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that like that's again, this is the kind of underwriting anxiety that people have about the unwashed, uncredentialed left, the rubes on the left. It's that like we have our dreams. We have the ability to have visions and like messages from beyond, from beyond that like our our realist, you know, our sort of like no horizons present, like that's not just completely derived from the things we've read in books and the good grades we got on tests and everything. It's like we live fully in the world and can visualize and like receive messages from this like greater sort of spirit world, spirit truth or whatever. And, like, that's what they hate. Yo, like, That's you, what has you, to be stamped you, out. When you put it like that, they
3: really hate us because we dream, bro. They yeah. hate
0: us because we got dreams, dog. They hate us. <laughs> they
2: hate us because we dream, man. We dare to dream. <laughs> well, that,
0: that, yeah, that we don't have this, like, blinkered, limited, like, realist vision of the world. You know what I'm this saying? Fa- that, like, this fatalist everything...
3: deterministic vision of the world.
0: Right. Know. That everything has to be everything has to be like triangulated with priors. Everything has to be like a checklist or a Rubik's cube, or, or you have to like check all the 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 right statements and denouncements and and considerations. That like it, that it's abominable to them that you would just exist in history, and play off of it, yeah. like. A revolutionary wood, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Study
3: it for the test, bro. They're mad that we didn't study for the test,
0: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that you're not like weighed down by the scripture. Like, yeah. yes, it is important to know the scripture, however, that is not how you come up with new worlds. Mm-hmm. Yo, that that's
3: that's such a good point, man. That they're they're and I think, Tom, to kind of connect to something that you were saying, because I've been thinking about something you said on the Patreon, man, about all these people, these um, these techno-futurists who are, um, with their technology, who are just reupholstering the past, right? You know what I mean? All this amazing technology that could, like, solve so many of the world's problems, they just want to go back to, like, neo-feudalism, right? And, like, it's sort of this idea that these people that you're talking about, Terrence, these people that are incapable of dreaming, like, they're so mired in, like, the dead the 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 words of dead men you know yeah and they're so mired by like history that they're unable to even assess the present for what it is or imagine a better future and they're pissed because like we're not and, and to say again like not to say that we're not well read but we can because actually we are well read or because we have i hate the term lived experience like People can imagine something beyond tomorrow, you
0: know, I mean, beyond today, you know, I mean, something that is not just a continuation of what's happening right now. You know, you're right. And this gets at what we were talking again on the Patreon that like the right has never been weaker. And I see signs in that in a the rise in uh, not the rise. It's always been there. But like the reliance on Christian Zionism as an explanatory model and like form of uh, geopolitical praxis for these people. Which again, it's like the, the coward's ideology, but mm. B, the on the more trad side, the uh, uh, you know, return to tra- tradition or neo-feudalism or religion and all these other things, it's like no one can dream. Everybody is completely weighed down by the past. They cannot escape it. <laughs> and imagine imagine being so tormented by that. Imagine being so tortured by that. Like I read this quote in this New York Times article about the Biden administration's strategy on Gaza as Israeli forces push into southern Gaza. Uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said it was imperative for the United States that, quote, the massive loss of civilian life and displacement on the scale that we saw in northern Gaza not be repeated in the south. Like, this, I read this, like, the day after that journalist Saeed Erekat was, was grilling the State Department spokesman on... Yeah, basically the Man, that was that was
2: that was a brain
0: boiler right insane. there. Insane. Just them Yeah. Just them again insisting that is Israel's not deliberately targeting civilians. And then so like you read this and it's like they they're basically saying like we realize Israel has committed genocide and ethnic cleansing in northern Gaza and we're we are recommending them to not do it again in southern Gaza. It's like they're they're Their policy basically amounts to, like, before Israel commits genocide, they say, Israel won't commit genocide, we promise. While Israel is committing genocide, they say, well, we promise Israel's not committing genocide. They're not deliberately targeting civilians. And then after they've done it, they say, like, all right, okay, so they did it. They actually committed genocide. Fine. Fine but they won't do it again. you're (laughs) right. They're not going to commit more genocide. And then the cycle repeats itself. Imagine being in that tortured cycle of just illusion and like, and I know that they're fucking democratic cogs and bureaucrats and they have no souls and all this other stuff. However, at the same time, you have to actually, you have to actually be able to call that out if you're trying to differentiate yourself and dream of something different and better. You have to actually like say like, look, this is, this is the best they've got? Yeah. And like that's what I would be voting for potentially. Like I I don't know. I just I just think that like it's a kind of like realism that like becomes so bogged down in the contradictions of its present moment that they can't even see the contradictions in their own sentences yes. that in the first half of the sentence they admit there's a genocide going on. And in the second half of the sentence, they, they say that there is no
3: genocide going on. Yeah. 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 It's almost like they have to sort of like construct this, uh this, this, this wall, you know, Like, because if they don't do that, then they would actually have to reconcile these contradictions, you know? Yeah. Which would indict, which means that the United States and they would be indicted. I mean, watching that, watching that, um, that journalist, um, grill that, um, that, uh, like it was the State Department, the State Department spokesperson. Yeah. Was just like that, that, that guy was just like a fucking eel, yo. He was just
4: slimy and slipping out of the grasp of the journalist. Do you call the the killing of... 20,000 Palestinians in atrocity. Does that befit the term? Said, I was
1: speaking to the intentional murdering of civilians that we, saw Hamas, uh, atta- that we saw Hamas commit.
4: And you don't think that Israel intentionally kills civilians? We think far when too many people, ma- we, I, I, I,
1: I have not seen evidence that they are intentionally killing mine. civilians. We believe that far too many civilians have been killed. But again, this goes back to the underlying problem of this entire situation, which is that Hamas has embedded itself inside civilians. Uh,
4: there was a report that uh, Israel's assault forced the nurse to leave babies behind, uh, they were found decomposing. If it did happen, is that a war crime?
1: Uh, Said, I would say that is a tragedy. Um, okay. It's a tragedy for those babies. Right. It's a tragedy for their family members. Right. It's a tragedy for the Palestinian people and right. it is a tragedy for the world. Okay. And it is why we have made clear that far too many Palestinians have been killed in, in this conflict and that of course includes Far too many Palestinian children and, of course, Palestinian babies. And it is why we have taken every measure we could to speak loudly and clearly to the government of Israel that it needs to do everything it can to minimize civilian harm. It's like how do you not – collapse and have a stroke from the from the contradictions <laughs> right
3: from right refusal to actually contest with the contradictions how are they not just having mass aneurysms in the halls of <laughs> congress just dropping dead like flies yo <laughs> because right. they were
0: like you did... reconcile this shit it's it's just fascinating you're yo, right Julie. like how does their brain not just like eh, just like have like a fucking command protocol that just can't do it anymore just like eh just like, shuts down. (laughs) Like a high school basketball scoreboard sound. Just like, eh.
3: Like, how did their brains not do the Titan submersible implosion? You know what I mean? Like We need this to happen. How is this not happening, yo?
0: <laughs> it's just yeah, just be. they do autopsies and like, yeah, there's nothing in their head. Like, the brain literally collapsed into itself. Nothing going on and, there. And we're actually not sure there was ever anything in there. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, yeah, just like a mass epidemic of just, yeah. They're cutting open the skulls, and like the the doctors are themselves are getting sucked into the black holes in their skulls. Like, oh no! No, no,
1: no, God!
3: That's a pretty good science fiction story. Holy shit. Oh, cutting man. open the braids of a of, a, of a, a statesman and getting sucked in into the Dante's Inferno of depravity of their minds, yeah. You know. uh-huh. <laughs> That's exactly what it is.
0: Well um oh, well, I don't know. I think that's pretty much all I had for today. Like I just want to stress that like the um it seems very much to me that the Christian Zionists are if you take them at their word, but which obviously all right wing populists say this kind of insane shit before they get into office. And then when they get into office they then have to start triangulating with like the World Bank and like various global leaders and like implementing austerity and blah 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 so it's like imp- entirely possible. but again i think that that is also part of the fascist process that we've been outlining here that like both wings of that <laughs> global fascist party uh project co- collaborate and that's why like that's why like i remember in 2016 there being this big thing about like um a new popular front like we have to unite with the liberals to defeat the fascist popular front and it's like and the, and then like something people would bring up was like oh if you think that that's stupid like the, the common turn policy in the 1930s is basically what gave rise to uh hitler in germany which is kind of true i mean i do agree i do think that like calling social democrats social fascists in the 1930s did contribute to the weakening of the communist party and therefore the rise of hitler so you're However, telling me you telling me i
3: shouldn't call will stancil uh, a, a, a a cowardly
0: koskiite motherfucker well i
3: shouldn't do that
0: now i'm saying that like in the sense that like it seems like everything has been inverted all symbols and everything have been inverted <laughs> i do think it is true now though like you can't make a popular front with those assholes like it seems like their project is so fundamentally at odds with ours and it's on display everywhere you look from Palestine to the economy whatever there's no way to ally with them to stop Trump because they don't they are not invested in stopping Trump nothing about anything they've said shows any investment in stopping him
3: no they're they're just they're, they're 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 invested in being morally right right and like having the appearance of being on the right side of history right
0: you're right if it was was as big of a threat as they're making it out to be which I actually take it to be as big of a threat but if it was the threat that they're saying you wouldn't put an 81 year old man in the pass at Thermopylae Mm As, Bro, the they last, would have impeached as the last, as like the Gandalf, you shall not pass. <laughs> like, this it's not going to work, man. Bro, they
3: should have just, you know, I know we're closing out, but like, it's like all of this, like, like all of this uh, uh, finger wagging and all the scolding, it's just like, it's, it just makes no sense to me because you could have impeached the man and prevented him from becoming running for president again. You know what I mean? Right. There's all these things that you could have done if you really, I mean, the whole January 6th hearings. Which I even think, like, the the chairman came out of, that committee came out and said, yeah, uh, before I guess they even, the the hearings were even finished, yeah, um, we're not going to prosecute anyone, you know. We're actually not going to prosecute anyone, you know. We're talking about, like, people that were actually, like, in government who colluded with January 6th rioters, you know. Right. So it's like, you you people don't, you people don't take this seriously. It's not, it's not, yeah. No, it's just Batman and the Joker shit, man. It's like, you complete me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't, I can't exist
0: without you, you know. Uh, um well I, you know encourage listeners to not like think of that in a one-dimensional way think of it in a dialectical way and like truly it the implications of that um so like we have to get off here tom has to go um tom you can go ahead and hop off if you need to i'm just gonna plug the patreon but uh um thanks for we just want to say thanks for listening this week everybody if you'd like to go hear more content uh, we have the patreon um dot com slash Party. we've been hammering away at all of these themes and more for weeks now so if you want to hear more please go over there check that out uh i haven't figured out how to do the annual subscription thing yet apparently we don't qualify for that I don't know oh, why why is Patreon hating on us? We may not have enough money to qualify, bro. We're still we're still uh, uh we're still we're still uh, we're still on the bottom. Yeah, we're still bottom feeders, I guess. Uh, we're it's still benthic creatures. We yeah. are. We re- we th- th- we have been that since the beginning. We are I mean, like yeah, we're, 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 carp. We're
3: remoras essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're
0: carp. We're,
3: we we eat carp. krill. Yeah, yeah, which just means we're parasites. No, we're not. We're not
0: parasites, but we're uh, we eat we're, parasites. We, we 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 eat parasites exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Uh, okay, so please go check out the Patreon and uh, help us get to a place where we're qualified enough to offer annual subscriptions. I guess I don't. I don't know. Um, uh, at least help us become big dicks around town. That's what, what we want to be. We want to be big dicks around town. We right? want to be
3: big swinging dicks around. Big swinging dicks around be. town. <laughs>
0: Um, so Big all right, swinging
3: please. dicks around town.
0: Sound like a really good song. Um, so please go support us over there. You're right, it sounds like a Christmas song.
3: <laughs> it does.
0: Big swinging dicks around town. It's the 25th day of December. <laughs> the um, it's snowing outside yeah, man, My yeah, dick yeah. is swinging But you know Santa's coming down the chimney When you hear the big swinging dick Hitting the sides <laughs> exactly. of the chimney walls You're like oh man he's fucking <laughs> Coming to His blow out my mom yes. yeah, Coming to fuck my mom <laughs> and my dad
3: <laughs> And eat the cookies And milk motherfucker
0: what, that's, what, that's the thing It's like Santa ha- comes and has a threesome with your parents He <laughs> you just year. fucks your
3: parents and doesn't leave presents <laughs>
0: We got, like, your parents are like, we gotta put out milk and cookies for Santa. See, and that's why they hated on Rudolph, man, because he spoke the truth. Because he was trying he was trying to expose
3: the conspiracy, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's not because of his red nose. <laughs> right, like, he was like he was trying to blow the whistle, like, Santa's fucking all your parents.
3: <laughs> I'm actually the one who gets you all the presents. <laughs> he just fucks your mom and dad. <laughs>
0: oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, um... Anyways, please go check out the Patreon and all of our great Millenarian content over there. Um, And so, until next time, we will talk to you later. We'll see you on the Patreon. Peace out. Bye.
4: you correctly? You're saying that the killing of, of 700 Palestinians over a period of 24.
1: 24- so I, I always, I, no, I, I, I always okay. like when I use my own words, not yeah. when you try to put I words in my, my mouth. I want to understand
4: what you said. Probably, you yeah. said that we have seen improvement. I'm asking you directly. You think that I, the killing of seven hundred people in twenty-four hour period is an improvement? So, I'm just asking you to say yes. I or don't. Not. I don't. In accordance to what you said.
1: So, Said, I don't think you were listening very closely I to what I, very closely. Well, clearly clearly not, what I said. I was listening very closely. Clearly not, because what I said is we have seen improvement in their plans. For right. for Khan Yunus, their right. plans for the south, we have seen them uh, uh, evacuate specific neighborhoods right. rather than entire areas, so the, the numbers of, of displaced persons will hopefully be lower in southern Gaza than it was in the north. But when it comes to results, we are going to monitor it very closely. And I think I was pretty clear about that. I think the secretary was pretty so, clear about you know, that on Thursday. Give us,
4: give us a figure. What would be acceptable? It's, what would be acceptable? Because you talked about Saeed. We mourn
1: the loss of every civilian life. We don't want to see any civilians what have you killed done? in this.
4: What have you done to really minimize that? Remember, Washington, uh, uh, Gaza is the size of Washington, D.C. When you tell people to move, like now, and they have nowhere to go nowhere to go. They're striking and Han Yunis. They're saying, actually, we're hitting every place in, in Gaza, you know? So where should people go?
1: People what should, should go. be the end? So, so let's take it one question at a time before. Like, okay. You asked a question. Let me answer
4: sure.
1: People should go to the UN-designated sites. Where that are on Israeli lists as deconfliction zones that should not be the target of military campaigns. There are already people who are sheltering in those. As the campaign moves to the south and Israel evacuates specific neighborhoods or orders specific neighborhoods to be evacuated, that is where people should go.
4: Okay, but you know we know that they bomb uh, uh, UN facilities and so on. Let me ask a couple of other questions.